0: All right, I know, she's gotten a lot of hate over the years, not to mention getting her head chopped off. <laughs> well, we're talking about Marie Antoinette. Turns out losing her head was only one item on the long list of adversities she faced in her 37 years. I'm Patty Steele, Marie Antoinette, before the
1: guillotine,
0: next on The Backstory.
1: When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep.
0: We're back with a backstory. This isn't about Marie Antoinette losing her head, a little less bloody, but really fascinating. And you may feel a little bit of empathy for her. It's about where she came from and how as a child, she was a political pawn, forced to marry a total stranger, a foreign king. And listen to this. She was only approved by the King's advisors after a fully nude physical exam in front of dozens of those folks. When she was just 14 years old. Of course, Marie Antoinette was the last of the French queens leading up to the 1789 French Revolution. But how in the heck did she get there? Okay, imagine you're the child of the Empress of Austria. What would life be like? Maybe like being Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos' kid? Incredibly fancy, wildly rich, anything you want. Well, That's where the comparison stops. Royal kids had very little choice about anything. They were frequently used as marriage pawns to set up political alliances with other countries. Marie's dad was Holy Roman Emperor Francis I, and she was the youngest daughter of the emperor and empress. They had 16 children. She was a social little girl. When she was seven years old, she was pals with six-year-old music prodigy Wolfgang Mozart. He told her he wanted to marry her when they grew up. Probably would have allowed her to keep her head, right? Well, anyway, her father died when she was nine, and at 12, her mother, wanting an alliance with France, promised Marie as a wife for Louis Auguste, the future king. Well, that's when the fun stopped. The French court wanted her teeth straightened. Pretty painful in those days. They wanted her curly hair tamed, and for her to learn to speak and write in French, she had to dress, walk, dance like a queen, and become ridiculously charming. Imagine being pushed around by tutors, stylists, doctors, mentors who want to completely remake you, starting at the age of 12. At 14, she's actually married to Louis Auguste by proxy, with her brother standing in for the groom, months before she ever met her husband in person. Next, she has to leave her home in Vienna. She never saw any of her family again, except one brother briefly years later. The French royal carriage sent to fetch her was like this enormous jewel box tons of glass, solid gold roof, red velvet seats embroidered with gold, pulled by eight white horses with gold harnesses, and followed by 60 carriages holding 250 handlers. But it was three weeks of being in a fishbowl, stared at by locals along the way. She was dressed exquisitely, but uncomfortably. Imagine being laced into whalebone corsets and dresses so tight you can't breathe, bouncing over cobblestone and dirt roads. Well, finally, she arrives at an island on the Rhine River between Germany and France for the official handover. It's a rainy night. She's brought into a leaky wooden building built just for the handover. She's immediately stripped naked as dozens of palace insiders check out her 14-year-old body to see if it's good enough. Everything she brought with her is taken away. Clothing, jewelry, even her little dog. Quickly dressed in French gowns, she travels several days, briefly meeting Prince Louis along the way, away from the palace, so he can get a peek before the wedding. Two days later, Marie finally arrives at Versailles at 10 in the morning. By 1 p.m., She is dressed and signing marriage papers, then taken immediately to the palace chapel for the ceremony. Now to get to the chapel, she has to glide down the massive hall of mirrors like a queen with no visible stepping in front of 5,000 judgmental members of the king's court, like you see on Bridgerton, sort of terrifying for a 14-year-old. Her dress was made of 500 yards of satin, covered with silver cloth, hundreds of diamonds and pearls. It weighed about 108 pounds. That's 10 pounds more than Marie herself. But the dress was based on measurements from a year earlier, and she'd grown. It was too small. It had two rows of diamonds all the way down the back, but they couldn't cinch the dress closed, so there was a big gap with her corset laces showing. But off she went. After the wedding, lots of partying, and then the going to bed ceremony. They were led to Marie's bedroom, where the bed was blessed by the archbishop. Then with the entire court watching, they had to lay down to prove they shared the same bed. Well, fortunately, nobody held their breath for the deed to be done. Marie Antoinette and Louis didn't consummate their marriage for seven years. She was interested, he not so much. They eventually got busy since they had four children pretty quickly after getting the sexual hang of things. During their 23 years together, Marie Antoinette and Louis actually became good friends despite constant attacks on her over everything from her expensive clothes and jewels to mostly false claims of her affairs with both men and women. Those attacks grew nastier over the years, even accusing her of incest with her son, but she was loyal to the king, so much so, that when she had the chance to escape from France early on, she refused to leave without Louis, who wanted to stay and protect his throne. Of course, as you know, it didn't end well for Marie Antoinette, her husband faced the guillotine, as did a ton of her supporters. All but one of her children died in prison, and ultimately, while staying amazingly calm, she lost her head to the executioner, October 16, 1793. Oh, and for the record, when it came to the starving peasants of Paris, historians agree, Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. That same quote had been used by revolutionaries for over a hundred years before her against numerous royals. Another example of the victors' writing history. I'm Patty Steele. The Backstory is a production of iHeartMedia and Steel Trap Productions. Our producer is Doug Fraser. Our executive producer is Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media. We're out with new episodes twice a week. Thanks for listening to The Backstory, the pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI.